Welcome to the FinNation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Devgannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation. Thank you for joining us today. We have an amazing guest, Mallory Herrera, who is a co-owner of Proven Pixel Design Studio, where they provide strategic website solutions that turn readers into paying customers. And we all definitely want to do that, don't we? So thank you for coming on today, Mallory. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with the question of the episode. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Yeah, so I did not have this plan that I was going to be an entrepreneur at all. I went to school for IT and had a background in networking and data administration. And as much as I loved working with computers, I wasn't ready to just sit in a basement somewhere typing code. (laughs) (laughs) Since I became a sommelier, so I basically like wine and can tell you about it. And then I met my husband, who is active duty military. So it meant that we are constantly moving. And after we had our son, I realized that doing the work that I was doing wasn't going wasn't gonna to work for our family anymore. You know, working in the restaurant industry, doing nights and weekends and holidays doesn't actually give me an opportunity to be with my family. <laughs> And the fact that I was always having to be unemployed every time that we moved really kind of hindered things. So I started kind of just looking online. And I think like a lot of people, I started a blog and made every mistake that you can possibly make when starting a brand new website online. And this is with the background. But it's it's grown and it's evolved and it's turned into this really amazing web design business. And I can't imagine now doing anything else. That's that is a very very similar path, I think, to a lot of us women entrepreneurs that we find a reason why we want to do something better, and then also we feel compelled to um, create a lifestyle that can sustain. How we can bring about change, feel purposeful, and do all the things that we want to do in business and in life. So tell me, how did that free up you personally? How did that give you um, a sense of freedom to continue to move forward in the entrepreneurial struggle that isn't always cut and dry? It's not exactly as it seems. But how did you learn to maneuver forward inside of that as you learned it along the way? It definitely took some time to kind of figure things out. Um, A lot of it was the fact that I just kind of jumped into it without really giving anything, any kind of thought. I jumped into the blog without knowing anything about how to set up my first um, WordPress website or anything about search engine optimization. I didn't know how to do branding properly. You know, these are things that we had touched on a little bit in school, but I didn't understand it in real time. So it, 
it involved me making a lot of mistakes in the beginning, taking a massive amount of courses <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really just kind of experimenting with it. And, it. and it was a, it very much so was a learning process for me. And it probably took me a solid year doing it that way before I started feeling comfortable with what I was doing. And in hindsight, I really wish I had gone and done the research first. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I actually really appreciated going through that whole learning process because it it allowed me to make the mistakes without having a massive following. It allowed me to try new things. I, like I said, I went the blogging route. I started digging into SEO. I started digging into different types of um, promotion and marketing strategies for my blog. So things like Pinterest and email marketing and um, studying the different social media platforms and really trying to hone in on what it was that I felt passionate about that I wanted to do day in and day out. And that's kind of how it all evolved. And it got more into just designing websites and just focusing on the technology and the SEO and things along those lines. And it, to me, it felt very organic to kind of go through that process and, and come to that conclusion. It was just a very long drawn out process. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which it, of course, the learning curve sometimes is, uh, a lot of times is sometimes we just don't recognize that that's what it is. If you could pinpoint one thing that kept you motivated to continue doing the thing, what would you say it was? Oh, absolutely. My friendship that I developed with Rachel McVeigh, who is now my business partner. Um, She and I actually met almost two years ago, I guess it is. Um, We had actually both taken the same course about being a freelancer, offering services, kind of more VA type stuff is kind of what it was geared towards, but mm-hmm. really all about just how to how to launch a, a freelancing business. And we met that way. And I had gone into it thinking I was going to focus more on Pinterest management. And she kind of did the same thing, but with social media management. And we both kind of grew and evolved our businesses into this web design around the same time. And even though we were networking in the same spaces and we were technically competitors, we never treated each other that way. She was always my sound, my sounding board. She was always somebody I could go to and say, Hey, I've got a pricing question or, Hey, I've got this, this client. I'm not really sure how to go about either pitching to them or, you know, I need help with my discovery calls or, you know, I just, I need someone to help me figure out this you know, technical issue that I run into, you know, she was always there for me to kind of lean on. And then finally, after a while, we decided to stop being dumb and actually just go into business together. (laughs) (laughs) Which is an amazing accomplishment, you know, because you recognize that there's the ability for you guys to, to work off of both strengths and shore each other up on, you know, the blind spots or the weaknesses, which makes which is the epitome of collaboration in the first place. So talk to me about that because I find that in the digital space, there tends to be either either a really, really acceptable thought of collaboration or a big negative spot of of, um, casting judgment or um, competition. Um, Talk to me a little bit about how you guys came about to understanding collaboration is going to be something that's much more advantageous for both and your clients collectively? I think for me, um, and I don't necessarily want to speak for Rachel, but for me, a lot of it had to do with this 
sheer fact that being an entrepreneur can be very lonely. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I work from home. We had moved to New York and I didn't know anybody here. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of by myself with this day in and day out, trying to learn all of these pieces and go through all of these motions. And my, my husband, God love him, doesn't want anything to do with this. He's like, no, nope, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm done. <laughs> Not his jam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he doesn't, he doesn't need to know. He doesn't want to know. So I needed somebody that I could talk to. It felt very lonely and I wanted to have somebody that I could confide in. And, you know, a lot of people say, go out and find your business bestie. Well, that's basically what I did. I went and found somebody that I could kind of relate to. And yeah, Rachel and I just developed just a natural friendship. And then since we became friends, it, it didn't really feel right to compete with her, but also there are plenty of clients out there for everybody. There so is true. no shortage of clients. If you can't find clients, you're looking for them in the wrong spaces. And I'm completely convinced of that. There's always somebody out there willing to spend money on whatever service that you are trying to offer. So with that mindset, it didn't make sense for me to alienate a friend that I had made for the possibility of making more money. Because there was no guarantee about the money, but I did have the guarantee of having this friend. So that was kind of the way that I saw it. And like I said, eventually it just morphed into this new business venture. <laughs> so and it's so far so good. <laughs> and that's a beautiful way to to see it too. In in the current day and age we find ourselves in, that is um to be admired for sure. And, and, you know, to be a nice example for the listeners and, you know, whenever people come across the episode or any, you know, because we all know podcast episodes or any long form content in general has, uh, you know, an infinity lifespan. And so whenever they come across it, they can take that message and really resonate with it because collaboration is something that we need more of and being able to work together. We need more of, and I'm only speaking in the digital uh, entrepreneurial space, you know, in the online space, helping, you know, you know, cross state boundaries, cross um, geographic locations, being able to reach people that we have the opportunity to now because, uh, because of our, wonderful internet, but I I commend you guys for making something really unique and really neat out of that space. And I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, how you define success for yourself personally as an entrepreneur. Um, I think a lot of people, when they talk about success, it all comes down to the money aspect. It's the, oh, well, I have to make, you know, five figures a month or six figures a year or so on and so forth. And I personally don't like thinking in that that mode. Uh, don't get me wrong, money is great. That's kind of why we're all in business. <laughs> to make it money. gives us, it affords the possibilities. It does absolutely. Yes, uh, it opens some doors. Um, but to me, I consider my business to be successful if I am a my family is able to allow me to do this. If we're able to, I'm making enough for we've cut down on expenses enough to allow me to be able to stay home and do this. You know, if it allows me the flexibility of being able to pick up my job and take it with me the next time that we move, if it allows me the freedom and the flexibility to be able to go on those family vacations that my husband and I have always talked about doing, but 
never actually done because I was always working. Um, I, I just really, I got tired of living that way. I felt like I was living to work rather than working to live. And it was just really awful. And I hated that mentality. So, you know, now I'm, the way that I see it is, okay, great. If I decide that I want to take a vacation or something, then, then I do that. I take a vacation. I take time off work. If I'm not having a great day and, you know, you're just in a funk. Okay, cool. I'll take a day off. I won't do anything. I probably won't even check my email. And it's great. It's great having the flexibility of being able to do that and being able to just take those days and focus on my health or my family's well-being or so on and so forth to be able to just be happier. Mm-hmm. So me, that mm-hmm. makes it successful. What is one, I'd say, mindset shift that you worked on and overcame from the transition of working a traditional job um, outside of your office that you've created now. What was one mindset shift that you overcame that you could give those that are out there still doing those things and haven't gone through the transition of, of being able to feel that freedom, that sense of freedom of being able to not work to live, but live with your work? To me, it was finally coming to the realization that my life is not defined by the job that I had. Mm. You know, I, I worked in restaurants forever. I I started working in restaurants when I was 16 and loved it and stuck with it and basically did every position. And as much as I enjoyed doing that line of work, meeting all of my customers and so on and so forth, I was always defined by the role that I played. It was always the, oh, well, you're just a bartender or, oh, Mm. you're just a waitress in in a restaurant, as if that that made me less of a person. And then when I went out and I started my own business, it was the, oh, well, you just have a blog or, oh, you just have this hobby that you're doing because you're a bored military spouse and you don't have anything else to do. That drives me nuts. It took me a long time to to really kind of come to the realization that my job does not define who I am and other people's opinion of the job that I choose and the career that I choose to live with doesn't mean anything. If mm-hmm. people want to call it a hobby because I get to work at work in my pajamas all day, fine. I don't care. Call it a hobby. If they want to call me a bad mom because I send my child to daycare while I work at home, fine. That is their opinion. They can keep it to themselves. <laughs> my career does not define me. And as long as I keep that in mind, <laughs> that I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay. So how did you get to that point where, you know, what was the, the subtle shift that, because it's not a one day you wake up and you're just like, no, I own this and that doesn't matter. They can call it what they want. I'm not taking on that identity for my, my business. What was it that you really had to continue to grind through until you came to the realization that that is truly what it is for you? I think it was, I think it was when I stopped treating my, my own business like a hobby. Um, you know, when you first get started into it, I think it's very easy for people to just kind of think of it as a hobby. It's their side gig. They already have a job doing something else. And this is just something that they work on in the evenings when the kids are in bed. And 
treating it that way, treating it like a hobby meant that I kept thinking small, not only of it, but also of myself. And Mm. once I finally stopped doing that and I started treating it like a business and I started treating it like this empire that I wanted to see grow and evolve, and I started really taking control over all aspects of it, I feel like that really helped to, to start change it for me, especially when I started paying more attention to the finances of it. Um, if, you, if any of the readers out there have not yet, definitely go read Profit First. It's amazing. But putting together actual systems for taking care of the money that was going in and out of my business really helped me think of it more like a business and not mm-hmm. like a hobby. And I think that that really helped to, for me to shift the mindset. Absolutely. Which became, yeah, it, because it becomes a real thing and it's easy for us to ignore the money factor, period. It's easy for us to ignore, you know, the $100 or the $700 or, you know, the, the money that's coming in if we haven't designated a business holding unit for it. You know, so we still, we just, we, we lose track of it. And for all the reasons for being in business, you know, my old accountant self has to at least put the disclaimer in there that you really need to be tracking the money, not just because you need to know and you need to be the business owner that you see yourself being in one, three, five years. Granted, I know we've all heard that, but we need to know it and we need to track it because we need to see it build its own identity and breathe life into it being a thing, a business, a real live opportunity for us to expand it and be in control of the destiny of it for the most part, you know, so really seeing that separation. Otherwise it just, the money just gets washed in, you know, if it's coming in PayPal and you've got it dumping into your personal account, great. You just dumped, you know, 50, 70, 170, 250 bucks, whatever it may be. You just dumped it into your personal account and it's there and you forget, you know what I mean? And so, and then you start taking expenses out of your personal account and then it just becomes not something, you know? So yes, yes, I can see where that would definitely. And I'm glad you brought that to uh, the attention for the listeners because it is important. Uh, I try not to get account. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> I read, you know, when I was going through all of this and I wanted to make sure I was treating it like a business, you know, sat down, had the conversation with the accountant. You know, and he told me, he said, as long as you're returning a profit three out of five years, it's a business. It's not a hobby. I was like, okay, I needed to know that. And so then it was the, all right, now I have to make sure that I'm turning a profit and I make sure that I'm saving up the money for my taxes and I'm paying all of my expenses out of the money that I'm earning. And and then once I started doing that, I was like, okay, no, this is its own living, breathing thing. Yes. <laughs> been able to grow from there. And it's been much easier to think of it that way as its own business, as its entity. And when I sit down at my computer, I don't feel like I'm just BSing along. I feel like I'm actually working <laughs> towards something because I'm like, okay, I have a business to run. I have things to do. <laughs> I'm not just yes. playing on Facebook. Like I have things to do. And Profit First is a really great example for people to at least take a look at and at least implement some of it because it's the best way to not feel overwhelmed trying to understand the complexity of accounting. It gives you an opportunity to see how business money works for you. So Mike Michalowicz did an amazing job with that one. And I, I've been in the circles with a Profit First before. So it's a good, good system and strategy to use. Absolutely, guys. 
Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M-2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Uh, So tell me one accomplishment you are absolutely proud of in your business. I am actually just so proud of being able to work with female entrepreneurs. I mean, I feminist at heart and I want to see women take over the world and I want to help them do it in any small way that I possibly can. (laughs) I, I, I really do like the fact that, I mean, don't get me wrong, we'll work with anybody. We're not going to. Sure. And we won't sure. But we really do have a soft spot for female entrepreneurs, especially those startups, because we remember what it was like having a brand new business, having a vision and not knowing anywhere to go with it. And I love that not only that Rachel shares my passion for that, but also that we are in a position of being able to help those women, that we are able to help the new moms that want to figure out how to stay home with their babies because they don't want to have to go back to work. I love the fact that we can help, you know, younger entrepreneurs get out there and start something and they don't have to do the normal route of doing the nine to five after they go to college. They don't Mm -hmm. have to do everything that society tells them that they're supposed to do. And I love that, you know, we're in a position to help them change things up. I think we have Mm -hmm. to. And you've been super humble about what it is you do. I entered just a little bit about it, but tell me, how do you help those women entrepreneurs? What do you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So we are essentially website designers. That's what we do. We love all of those nitty gritty, fun and gross and disgusting pieces of website. (laughs) All of those tech things that everybody else absolutely despises. Yeah, I love that crap. (laughs) So (laughs) what we do is we put together websites for um, entrepreneurs, but we don't focus just on making a website pretty because a pretty website is nothing. It has to be functional. It has to be built in a very strategic way to lead people on the journey through your sales funnel because your website is a very sophisticated piece of your sales funnel and it needs to be treated with the respect that it deserves. Mm -hmm. And we aim to help people with that either by building out custom sites for people. We've also um, recently launched a line of website templates that people can go through if they're looking more for the DIY kind of more cost conscious route. They can go through by this website template comes with a full course because we, we want people to feel confident working on their websites moving forward. You know, as much as we would like to stay on on that monthly retainer and help them out every single month, (laughs) it's, it's not about putting more money in our pockets. It's about putting the skills that 
people need to move forward in theirs. It is about giving them the confidence to work on their website without feeling like they're going to break it, to teach them what they need to know, even the ones who are who say that they're not tech savvy enough to be able to do it. We really, truly just want them to feel like they can kind of just do it on their own, that they are mm-hmm. capable, that they are these strong, independent women that they really are. And you are have all the tools that you need. And so that's kind of what we try to do. Empowering them to be successful and, and to see the success and what they can, what they're capable of. Yes, exactly. Oh, perfect. That's well, from someone who four years ago decided to take a templated website, not on WordPress and try to create the thing, even a template was really hard because it was something so out of my wheelhouse. I was just like, I think it took me three months with templates <laughs> just because I was just like, I don't know anything about this. Okay. Oh, so I need to put something in this block. Oh, I don't want this block. And, you know, I mean, all the things I could possibly do. It was a nice learning curve. Yes. But, um, Definitely not something I would want to redo that way again. No, no. <laughs> I will say, I, you know, don't get me wrong, as much as I obviously would want people to come and hire us for custom websites because that's kind of the bread and butter of how we make the most of our money. Um, yeah. It's, it's not just about that. I am a big fan of learning how to do all aspects of your business. You know, if you get to a point where you want to start running Facebook ads, you should know the gist of how to do those pieces. If you want to do, um, you want to do marketing on Pinterest, you should know how the Pinterest algorithm works. If you want to work with Google, you need to know the basics of SEO. And I feel the exact same way about websites. If you were going to have a website on WordPress, you need to be able to navigate it. And because I mean, if you can go through and you can hire somebody to do all of these things for you, but after that person does a particular job, now you're stuck. If you want to recreate the job, you have to keep shelling out money and hiring these people to come and do it. And then you never actually learn anything. Now you're, you're trapped in the cycle of having to always put out the money. And I don't think that that's the best way of running a business. I mean, if you've got the extra cash to spend and you just don't have mm-hmm. the time and you want to do it, by all means, absolutely, go for it. Do it, mm-hmm. do what makes you happy. But especially as new business owners, when we have time and no money, I think it is important to spend a little more time in the beginning, spend a little more effort trying to learn these systems so that mm-hmm. you do feel more confident. So that when you are ready to hire somebody, you'll be able to tell if they're doing a good job because you'll be able to go back through and look so I think that that piece is, is important. And there's a there's kind of a connection between having an awareness and the understanding of how it functions, at least on an on a um, entry level piece of it, to be connected to the bigger purpose in your business and your why and the goals that you want to see your clients reach. Because if you have a disconnect there, maybe there's going to be a disconnect somewhere else. And just having an understanding, a little bit of knowing you know, the journey for your clients, how they're going to navigate through your website, uh, understanding the funnel that they're going to go down, how they, how you show up in the social media space, all of those things. We don't need to be experts in all the things, but I do agree wholeheartedly that we need to have some sense of awareness and have um, that part of our passion be connected to our strategy. And we can route our strategy how we choose to and say, great, this is wonderful. 
I have an awareness, but it's not the best use of my time. And I have the funds to be able to bring someone in to do something in that, in that regard for me. Where the disconnect comes in is when we just, when, and I find this, I find this actually very specifically a lot. And you might see this in the website space is that people will feel overwhelmed with all of the many pieces and components out there for the business world, especially in the knowledge digital space in general, they'll find a lot of that stuff out there. And then they'll just hear the words, hire a VA or hire it out or get someone to do it. But the problem is, is that they still need to go through that one critical step of understanding where the connection to their customer journey is at. Because even if you hire that out, unless you find somebody really good at what they're doing, they're not going to be able to flesh that information out from you. And if you outsource it, uh, to someone that's just checking off boxes for you, they don't know what boxes to check off, you know, and, and you don't know either. So there's a piece of that journey that in building a website alone, and, and I'm going to plug you guys in this anyways, just because I know I understand this, but in building your website alone, having to really go through the process of somebody that can navigate you through it and understands that there's a story being told even strategically on a website, but there's still a story, there's still a journey being told that you're taking your customers through. Unless somebody understands that and and can build your website walking you through that, then you're asking somebody that doesn't do it that way to just put something together and it may look great, but it's not going to be connected to you. Exactly. Absolutely. We really do spend a lot of time with our clients focusing on truly who their audience is. We want to know everything about your audience. We want to know who Mm -hmm. that person is. We want to know where they're hanging out, what they're interested in. We really, really try to get to the foundation of a person's business before we do anything design-wise on a website. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't know who you're trying to attract, then we can't put together the right type of website for you. And I mean, we do, we do all kinds of market research. We look into your competitors. We follow through with the SEO space. We look at all of the stuff on social media and kind of figure out what your audience is attracted to, where they're hanging out. We want to know all of those pieces because that helps us find out where they're going to be in their buying strategy in the sales process when they land on your website for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then that completely dictates how it is that we build out the rest of the site. Because otherwise, we're building the exact same website for every single business. And then it doesn't work. Nobody makes money that way. And if my clients aren't making any money, then I didn't do my job properly. If I didn't do my job, I'm very upset about it. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Ah, so good. So good. I'm glad that... I, I just... I love when there's a connection when people in the space desire for the space to be better you know so no matter what it is you do you guys work on the website side of it someone might work on copy side of it someone might work on you know mindset side of it all of those pieces to level up the online space because we all know it's super noisy already let's not contribute to just the noise let's actually deliver the change that we know we can do we have an ability to make a difference in someone's life. We have an ability to change people's lives. We have an ability to change our immediate life, our community's life, our, our audience's life. All of those pieces can fit together. We want to do it better and we want to show up better with more integrity and more authenticity in the in the big grand scheme of business in general. So Absolutely. So I feel like if we don't treat it that way as the fact that we are changing lives, then we're doing the entire industry a disservice. 
and not only to the people that we're working with, but also the people that they are working with. Because if we yeah. aren't giving them our best, then they can't give someone else their best. Because it's a ripple. It's it is. It's a it's a trickle yeah. effect, and it's absolutely awful. And you know, a website, for instance, is only one small piece of a person's business. I mean, it's basically the building. It's the storefront that you've got your your stuff in, but your products are a big part of that. Your advertising is also a big part of that. It's what kind of, you know, curtains you put up and what color the floor is and how you design your sign. Like all of this stuff all works together seamlessly. But if you only focus on one piece, then you're missing the big picture. Mm -hmm. And it's all about making sure that all of the pieces fit together seamlessly for your business. Because everyone's Mm -hmm. business is different and individual. And I see it all the time where you'll have, especially new web designers that are coming into the space. They feel like it's oversaturated. They are ready to make clients. They want to be able to charge $10,000 for a website, but right now they just need paying clients. So they'll, they'll do websites for four or $500. And it's like, okay, sure. Maybe you're doing websites for $500 and you're getting some clients that way, but are you following through with all of the steps? Are you putting together the entire story? Are you teaching your your clients how to move forward with the foundation that you've given them? And if you're not doing all of those pieces, then that client just wasted $500 on you because now they're going to have to go to somebody like me to get it fixed because it happens. Or you just don't know enough about the business. And if that's the case, then fine. Please go learn. We all had to do it. <laughs> right. But it's not fair to the clients if you don't follow through. Absolutely. How has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? Oh, um, I would definitely say that it has, it's definitely opened my eyes to the way that people do business. I feel like you know, especially when you think of the big businesses, you know, the Amazons, the Coca-Cola, the Google, all of those things, you tend to think that they are these special unicorn creatures that are like way over there out in left field. Like I can't get anywhere near them because they, they know something that I don't. But in reality, that's not really the case. You know, the more I learn about being an entrepreneur, the more I learn about business and business strategy, the more I realize that I have a lot in common with the people of those businesses, except for, you know, a few billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, you know, marketing strategies and knowledge base and things like that, there, there are definitely some overlaps. And I think that that's the same for every person in every business. There will always be some overlaps. and it has become very interesting to me when I see, you know, like I'll see a new ad come out for Amazon, for instance, I'm just going to throw them out there. I see a new ad come out for them and I'm like, oh, I absolutely understand why they picked this, this image or I know why they did these wordings and, and like, I can kind of follow through with the strategy of why they put that together. Cause I'm like, I get it. I know who you're trying to market to. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been really interesting for me just to be able to see those things and see them in action because I'm like, oh, all right, these types of things work for these types of businesses. So, you know, 
eventually maybe I'll get to a point where I start running ads. Right now we're doing all organic marketing, but you know, maybe at some point we'll run some mm-hmm. ads and when we do that, like, okay, I've got some ideas. <laughs> What you have a uh, a free gift for the listeners? Yes, I do. I want so, you to tell them about it. Yeah. So our goal, like I said, is to help everybody make more money on their websites because the website should be working for you. So we want to supply your reader or your listeners with our copy of our money making must haves checklist. It's a really easy to follow checklist of a bunch of different things that you can implement on your website today that can help you start making money. Things like having clear calls to action, making sure that your messaging is consistent, you know, so on and so forth. It gives you the tools that you need to kind of look through your website as a new audience member and say, okay, where are the gaps? What doesn't make sense? So it's just a really easy to follow kind of checklist um, that I guess we'll drop the link to. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be hyperlinked in the show notes. So they'll be able to find it there for sure. Perfect. And yeah, other than that, like we love talking to to new entrepreneurs, new people. We are constantly looking for uh, for new people to talk to and just find out their story. Um, you know, mine and Rachel's story is a little weird. She lives in Canada. I live in New York. We've never actually met in person. We met online, and <laughs> yeah, you know. And she's she's a bit of the extrovert who loves talking to everybody, and I'm the introvert who likes messing with the computers and. <laughs> just gets interesting so we do have a uh we do have a free facebook group it's called unstoppable female entrepreneurs um we do talk mostly website stuff but pretty much everything business related happens that would be a great asset a great tool for people to be able to jump in and get some questions answered or even just scroll and see what questions have been out there and give themselves some ahas just by consuming the content in there so it's a valuable piece Where can they connect with you guys in your business? Where can they find you in the digital space? So we are predominantly on Facebook in our group. So like I said, Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs. Um, Other than that, um, they are more than happy to reach out to us through our website, provenpixeldesigns.com, where we have more information about our, our services and our website templates and stuff, but also just we do have a blog, because I like to do that, that has just helpful articles about things to do with your website and your branding and trying to move things forward for your business. So just we like to we like to give away some some good free value, some nice tidbits. So definitely feel free to drop by and and let us know what you think. Thank you so much, Mallory. I want to also thank you for spending the time with me today and and sharing your gifts and your wisdom and the things that you have brought you along in your entrepreneurial journey so that the listeners can connect, but also be able to reach out for assistance from you as well. So thank you for your time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Excellent. Guys, make sure you check the show notes, connect back to Mallory and her business. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out to Mallory to us at Femnation. And as always, keep moving forward. Hey, Femnation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. 
After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21 day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.